Everything about today's guest makes me smile. She is a nationally recognized philanthropist, small business owner, and creator of nonprofit Community Love, an organization that strives to serve any and all needs of anyone who needs it. Recently celebrating nine years as owner of Cafe Fresco, Brianne Zolfo uses her coffee house as a platform and space for her passion, that of which is changing the world with one random act of kindness at a time. Brianne is an amazing example of what it should look like to truly be of service, to care about your fellow humans and the space we all share. I'm thrilled that she shared her time with me today because now I get to share it with you. Thanks for listening in to What's On Your Plate podcast. Let's get to it. Hey, so I am here with Brianne Zolfo. She is uh, a local amazing soul to Northwest Indiana, specifically Crown Points. Owner of Cafe Fresco, uh, as you may know her to be found, um, and also mastermind behind Community Love, which is the heart and soul of uh, Brianne and what she puts out into the community in regards to helping and cultivating compassion in the community. Welcome, Brianne. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm so Sarah glad to have, have you. Known each, we've known each other for a long time, and now we're sitting down and having a conversation. I know. It's cool. You know, you never know where <laughs> things are going to go. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm, I can remember you walking into my own eatery and you know ordering food and then it kind of uh transitioned to then having pastries at your cafe and um you know working together on different events and that in your place and you know and then just sort of developing a friendship and staying connected so it's it's cool you're a cool uh presence in my life and thank you I find you inspiring and I appreciate just your heart and what you put into the work that you're putting out in the world. Thank you. Yeah, it was the brownie cookie doughs that got me hooked originally. <laughs> That's what made her a believer. <laughs> cookie dough brownies. That was so good. Oh my God. Gosh, yeah, I definitely. Were so good. I think of you when I make those because I know that they're your favorite. And yeah. actually, um, when I. I was lucky enough to be of service to your family recently for your grandparents. Yeah. Very momentous uh, occasion. It was their 90th birthday, both of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also amazingly their 60th wedding anniversary. And, yeah. um, you know, there's just nothing I can say in regards to the, to the level of awesomeness, awesomeness in that. Um, but when I was talking to your grandma about what she wanted to include, you know, that day, she really didn't know. I'm like, well, for sure, cookie dough brownies, because that's Brianne's favorite. <laughs> and she just went with it. She just trusted it. So kudos to grandma for sure. Um, well, and you yeah. also made them, you had them for my cousin's wedding. Yes. Yeah. Brownie, yeah. Oh my gosh. They're so good. <laughs> 
So thank you for your love of uh, the treats of Lilulos. I definitely oh, so put good. my heart and soul into those things too. So I'm you glad can that taste it. <laughs> I'm glad that's how we connected, quite honestly, because that is the way that I connect with people is by feeding them. Yeah. So it's cool that that's uh, something that you remember. So yeah. thank you for that. That that's was awesome. an unexpected thing to to hear. Yeah. Let's talk about your um what you've manifested from the cafe um community love specifically i think is what we're gravitating towards here tonight um tell me about how that started for you how you were even inspired to create something that served other people so um community love started I would say when I was younger, because my parents, um, everywhere we went, would always give back. I remember every Saturday, we would go to the um, homeless shelter with my dad, and we would play trains with um, the men that lived there. Um, and it was a lot of fun, because he would take us on Saturdays to the shelter, and like, we didn't know who the people were or anything about them, but we would like build train sets with them and play with the trains and um, he made sure to take us there all the time. And then every Thanksgiving and Christmas, my mom would um, take us to give food um, to poor people in Crown Point. And so we would load up our cars and drive around to different houses and give food to everybody. And then at the grocery store, my parents would pay for people's groceries. And so I felt like if I had such a big platform as the cafe, I might as well like amplify that tradition that I had grown up with, like, and not knowing or realizing that my parents were doing all this on one income. Like my dad was the only one working. My mom was a stay at home mom my whole life. And they still gave everything they could to everyone around them. And so I knew that when I had the platform to be able to give back like 10 times what they were able to, or just like, more people seeing me. So there's more exposure for like good deeds that I could think of. And so it felt natural that when I opened the cafe, that community love would be like the platform we would build it on, which it's funny because it's like, I forget that we sell coffee. Like we're also a cafe. <laughs> and that's what I always tell people. I'm like, my heart and soul, if you know me is in community love, but like, we also have a whole business that like, so <laughs> that's funny you're like oh did we run out of coffee I forgot to order it because I'm so involved <laughs> that but that's so cool story. because I mean but the cafe too um you know part of what brings people together and makes them aware is that cup of love that you also yeah. brew in there um so it's kind of all connected it's kind of all part of it in some ways yeah. And that's, what's crazy because I think like a lot of relationships, like even with you, a lot of relationships start around food. For me, a lot of relationships start around coffee mm -hmm. and like how many relationships and friendships, like we've experienced in the nine years of having the cafe and like people whose kids weren't even born nine years ago and they would come in, they're pregnant with the baby. Now the baby's going to kindergarten. And like, how crazy is that to me? Like part of someone's whole life. And we yeah. have a lot of our customers, their kids like just turned nine years old. So they were like born when the cafe was born. That's so cool. That's I mean, like that totally so resonates crazy. too, because I'll, there's families that I have served 
for years in regards to making their kids birthday cakes. Yeah. And every year, like in my memories, they'll come up of, and I have like this whole like album of (laughs) cakes that I've made for the same kid for the last how many years. And it it is true. They kind of grow up in, in a way, you know, you're part of their, their journey of growing up and it's, it's neat to watch. Yeah. And especially like you to know that that tradition carries on with the kids, like every year they're having your birthday cake. Yeah. And I always think like, if you're making something with your hands, like the love that you're putting in with your hands, like people can feel that. Cause I remember my mom when I was little saying, cause she makes quilts. So she would always say, if I'm quilting with my hands, I'm putting the intentions and the love into the quilt. So when the people get the quilt, they can feel all of that. And so I feel like the same way with you with food and the same way with me with like drinks I make with my hands is like people can feel that. Yeah, there's a huge difference in the energy and time, attention and love you put into something you're creating with intention, true intention for somebody to enjoy it versus just going and grabbing something off a shelf. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So thinking back on those early memories of the things that inspired you to continue on the practice of serving your community, um, are there certain types of ways that you like to help most, or is it more you see a need and you just try to be of service? I'd say my favorite is when I surprise people. Like if like a neighbor will call me or someone will call me of a family. Like um, last week we did a family that needed shoes for school and like we surprised them and they didn't know who bought it for them. Yeah. And so it's cool. Like that's the most fun is like standing from the outside watching and like they don't know who you are. They don't know who even did the shoes, but like that's what's cool. Yeah, because it's yeah, like the just... element of surprise. I don't know. It's fun because then I feel like you're playing Santa Claus. Like you get to like drop off the stuff and then like nobody knows who it is. <laughs> like that's what we used to do before the pandemic. We would go to Aldi's every month and we would surprise the customers and pay for their groceries. Um, and like we would go to the cashier as they're checking out, like before they load all their groceries onto the belt, we'll be like, here, we're paying for all their groceries. And like, they'd look around when they got to the register because the cashier would be like, oh, your groceries are already paid for. And they would have no clue who did it. (laughs) That has got to be an awesome thing to witness. Um, I can't even imagine the joy that that must bring your heart to to see that and witness that. And I'm sure it gets emotional. Oh, very. Like so many people cry. And the stories that they'll tell us, like one she was saying that she was waiting on her paycheck for the Friday that was coming up and she was like spending all her last money on these groceries that she was getting. Yeah. And like, to be like, you don't know who these people are. You're just picking them at random at the grocery store. Like you don't know any of their stories, but like every time we do that, there was at least one person that said like, I was spending all my money on this or like, I've been down on my luck for so long or, and it's just like crazy that we randomly pick these people and they have these stories to share. (laughs) I don't think it's a coincidence, to be honest with you. I don't think it's a coincidence that the universe puts you in the path of people that are in need of your assistance, yeah. especially because your your work and your mission essentially every day is to, to help. 
So yeah. when you're putting that energy out there, it, it's just like it's provided, you know, your purpose is provided, your path is illuminated. So yeah. I, I feel like it's probably not coincidental as it may seem that that occurs. Well, and it's always like mind boggling, like, like, how are we at that exact time in that exact place? Like, there's too many coincidences, like, even if you don't believe in God, or you don't believe in like, spirits or something like you'd have to say that there was some reason that like, our paths crossed at that exact time at a random Aldi's in Maryville, Indiana. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it is. It's, mm. it's just the synchronicity of yeah. what needs to happen is, is amazing. Tell yeah. me about community love in regards to how it's connected, not just to the cafe, but if I understand correctly, there's, um, the community sort of helps community love, right? It's yeah. not just a single person or a single no. business or entity. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and how that works? Yeah. So, um, community love originally started when we opened the cafe. Um, my mom was saying like, the employees that work at like Starbucks or something, they all make a good living wage. And so you should think of something else to do with the tips that you receive from the cafe. Um, so we started with the community love tip jar and people would donate to the community love tip jar. And then every week we would find a person or an organization in the community to give back to. And like every time it's random, sometimes it's like a family needs clothes or someone needs their NIPSCO bill paid. Last week, it was a woman who needed her car fixed to pass the emissions test. Um, it's different things every time. And so it's cool to see like the community rally around like any person. If I were to say like this, this family needs clothes by next week, the back room will be filled with clothes. If I say anything that there's any needs in the community, they always rally around and they're like, okay, what's the need? We're going to fix it. <laughs> like, and I don't know if every city's like that, but Crown Point is like, so, so giving. They know of any need, like we needed school supplies for all the free lunch kids um, that didn't have school supplies. And it was tons and tons of school supplies were donated by all the customers of the cafe. Just like, it was awesome. And it's cool to see like, a whole community's rallying around like all these people, all these less fortunate people. Yeah. I mean, that is like probably one of the most tangible ways that I have heard of people using their platform for good. You know, there's physical things created out of it, not just somebody speaking out on something or yeah. giving their opinion one way or the other. I mean, you're creating real change by yeah having this physical space and also just creating the virtual space by letting people know, making people aware via the videos you post on social and, yeah. you know, the other ways that you make the community know what is needed. It's a really amazing thing. And I imagine it just grows all the time. Well, and that's, what's cool. Like you were saying, like to make people aware. And I feel like that's the number one thing that people talk about is like, a, either thank you for making me aware of this organization that I didn't know about, or thank you for making me aware, especially like the Buddy Bags program, which is the free lunch program in Crown Point. Like how many people in Crown Point don't think that we have that many kids on the free lunch program? And now there's almost 600 kids in Crown Point that are on the free lunch program. But so many people are like, thank you for making me aware. I thought Crown Point was a wealthy city. I didn't know we had so many free lunch kids. 
And so like not only making people aware of like people that are in need, but also making people aware of like organizations that exist that you may not have known about. Mm-hmm. Um, community love is, is it mostly isolated to Crown Point as a community or does it expand beyond the city limits? Well, we have helped anyone. Like there's been people, um, we have a connection in Gary. So we've done a lot with Gary. Um, we donated um, uh, backpacks for all the kids in Gary that go to the Gary Community Center. Um, so we donated backpacks to them. Um, there's different cities that we go to wherever the need is. Um, during the pandemic, we went to um, Cedar Lake every Wednesday and set up trucks to distribute food to all the people in um, Cedar Lake. But yeah, we could go anywhere. The phone calls, I always say like my phone never stops ringing of needs. And like the thing that hurts my heart is like, I can't fulfill all the needs that people contact me about. And like, I didn't know that that would be such like a, I don't know, gut, gut wrenching feeling, but like, it's the worst feeling either like, I don't have the money and community love to be able to help that need or like, I don't have the resources mm-hmm. and like, that's not a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. That's a true, like description of like a heaviness on a plate yeah. type of type of problem. Um, yeah. I can understand how that really weighs on you, but at the same time, um, you know, most people aren't doing anything. Yeah. And you are every day doing even small things to make big impacts. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. It's like people feel like, well, if I can't change the world, then why yeah, should I even do try? Yeah. yeah. Versus yeah. you could change the world for just one kid or one family or one person. I can remember a story early on when I first became aware of community love. And I think it was like a throwback story, but it was regarding um, somebody that didn't have a way to get to work and community oh, yeah. love um either raised funds or something was donated and that person then had a bicycle to get to and from work. And I can remember like there was like before and after pictures, I think a year later is, is what the throwback story was. And it was just amazing to see the difference, even in a physical appearance of that person, you could just see the, the improved mindsets on their face of what had been done for them because their quality of life. I mean, most of us don't think of a bicycle as a luxury, but for that one person, that was, that was everything. I mean, that person could then get to work and pay bills and provide and continue to move forward in their life where they felt so helpless before. That's powerful. I, I think that like for community love, like my biggest takeaway from community love is that it always puts my life in perspective. Like every time I interact with a person or I, like we have our big events for all the free lunch kids, like it puts my life in complete perspective because I'm like, these people would do anything to get food. These people would do anything to have one pair of shoes. And like, it's putting my life in perspective of like, you don't need all these like things or materials or like everything to live a life. Like you have basic needs and like everyone has basic needs. Like life isn't about like all these materials and to see like the basic, like, I don't know what the word is, but like, like a childlike joy when you see parents who like 
have food for their families or have clothes for their kids or have like something like I don't know what that feeling is that they're like feeling but it's like a childlike joy like on Christmas Mm -hmm. and so that like really puts my whole life in perspective of like I don't need this that I have and like if someone else can find joy in that like I was telling one of my customers, I'm like, imagine you have like 10 pairs of shoes and you say like, I'm going to donate this one pair of shoes, like to the one person you're donating that one pair of shoes means a ton to them, but may not mean so much to you. And like, it puts that in perspective of like, you have 20 sweatshirts at home. Like do the 20 sweatshirts mean that much? No, but you giving the one sweatshirt to one person who didn't have that, like means so much to them. And like Joe, who was the guy um, we purchased a bicycle for, um, Momentum Church had reached out to us. This was probably like eight or nine years ago. And they said, we have this man, he's homeless. He's living in Florida. We're gonna um, fly him up here so he can move to Indiana and he needs transportation to work. And so we went to, I don't know if it was Walmart or where we got the bike from, but we went and purchased the bicycle and like giving it to the bicycle and mind you he's like a grown adult like but the pure like joy and thankfulness and appreciation like of us giving him the bicycle and like now I can get to work and that's like another thing you don't think about like you have transportation to work every day or like if you don't you ride you ride the bus every day or I don't know how a lot of people get to work but like that's not something you think about on your day-to-day basis is like you just hop in your car and you go to work and you come home from work and that's your day but like if you think of you have zero transportation like a bike is a big deal not only for work just for life in general of like getting places right and so then he came back in the cafe maybe like four or five years later it was a long time and he walks into the cafe and he's like Brian, do you remember me I'm like, Joe, I will never, ever, ever forget you. Like (laughs) anyone that I've interacted with, like, I will not forget you because like me giving something to me that doesn't mean as much to you, like I'll always remember that feeling. Like even from my perspective, like you have the feeling of like appreciation, but I have the feeling of like, this is awesome that this thing is bringing you so much joy and like how cool that I play a part in that. Yeah, like, that that's is crazy. Uh, it, it makes me tear up even just hearing you tell that story like that because it was crazy. <laughs> I can't even like the type of work that you do. I, I would probably be, I mean, I'm so emotional anyways. That's just who I am. That's etched into my soul. I just cry at the drop of a hat, but I would literally just be crying all day long, you know, with just happy emotion. And there'd be yeah. sad emotion too, you know, with the empathy, but it's just unreal what you provide your level of paying it forward is amplified times a hundred to what most people even think about on a daily basis. I feel like it's like most people have good intentions to do things, but you've like made it your life. Well, and that's what, like when I was talking to the customer, I'm like, you just have to think of like things that you have an abundance of in your life and like how could you give that to somebody else you know like how how much it will change someone's like if if one thing can change someone's life like imagine that impact like he was saying okay well I'll give $50 and you can pass it on to somebody else and I was like you think that your $50 is small 
But if I give that to like a single mom or like a person in need, like $50 is really like a huge impact. Like they could buy groceries for a week or they could do something, but to like, to you, it's like, I'm sorry, I feel bad. Like I can only get 50 bucks. No, it could change someone's whole life for that time. They're being able to provide food for someone. Maybe they're buying back to school shoes. They're like, so I think that maybe a lot of people feel that way of like, they're like, what they could do is minimal, but it's really not to the people that are receiving it. It's huge, huge, huge. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, getting back to that mentality of just because you can't change the world, you know, don't minimize the fact that you could change the world for one person. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just my, it's mind boggling, like you said, and we can do so much more than we think we can if we really stop and, and take a closer look at the abundance that we have and how we can spread that farther than yeah, our own. And that's, homes. that's what I think of. And like, I was telling the customer, like, what if you have like F extra gift cards from Christmas that you're never going to use, or you have extra gift cards from your birthday, or you have a pair of pants that you don't think you're ever going to wear. Like to you, it's an abundance, but to somebody else, that's huge. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's what I think of. It doesn't have to cost you a single penny. Mm -hmm. It could be like, I have 10 pairs of, I don't know, dress up shoes, but I'm going to give two pairs away or something, or I have 20 t-shirts, something like that. You know, it doesn't have to cost you any money. Right. It could just be like, you have extra school supplies. You have an extra backpack at home, like things like that, that you don't like, you just know you have it. You never put thought into it. Yeah. The other <clears> thing that comes to mind when you're describing that is the, misconception that people think if they give something away of theirs it somehow means less for them and really that's not the case because like you said yeah. most of us are in abundance and fortunate yeah. enough to be so but it's also eye-opening to know that in what would appear and most people would associate as an affluent community also has 600 kids on the free lunch program because they're yep. in need of it and yeah. you just never know. You never know how people are struggling in their lives. Yeah. Well, and I would say like, because it's a pretty wealthy city, there's probably like a more negative, like stigma or like, because a lot of the people I would like in my interactions with the events that we've had for the free lunch kids, like there's such a stigma that Crown Point is a wealthy city that it's not necessarily apparent who's in need, whether it's by choice that they don't want to be known or like they're trying to fit in with the other kids at the school. But I feel like it's pretty well hidden unless you like have a reason to interact with them. Right. Another thing that comes to my mind, and it's a quote that I've tried to live by for as long as I can remember, is being that change that you wish to see in the yeah. world and um, helping people, helping people to stop having that othering type of mentality of them versus us. Yeah. Because it takes no time at all for you to find yourself in that same scenario of people yep. that are once um, well off, so to speak, with yep. a well-paying job and a home and a family to then find themselves homeless 
without a job or a car or support. It, it's, yeah. it happens more frequently than people realize. So to think that it could never happen to you, I think is pretty yeah. foolish. Well, and I would say when like the pandemic happened and we turned the cafe into a food pantry, like to hear the stories of the people who said, I never thought I would have to come to a food pantry, like mm -hmm. was completely heartbreaking. Like people that only had like a month of savings and got laid off when the pandemic started or like barely had anything. Like I bet at least five people a day said, I never thought I would be in this situation, like shopping at a food pantry. And I'm and like, you know, nobody expected a pandemic. <laughs> right. But I feel like it's also unfortunate that there's so much shame associated with that. Yeah. yeah. You know, because everybody needs to eat and yeah there shouldn't be shame associated with not being able to afford something that is a yeah. basic human need. Well, and that's what I hate is because like, why is it such like a negative stigma when people ask for help to then mm -hmm. make people not want to ever ask for help, you mm -hmm. know, because of like the negative stigma or the shame that's associated with asking for help is like, this is why people don't reach out. Mm -hmm. This is why people won't like say when they're in need. And that's the worst. It's so true that you say that too. And I think because we're a culture and society of um, just handle it yourself and take on as much as you can and overextend yourself. And, you know, it's almost like asking for help is a weakness in yeah. some ways versus really, I feel like getting back to that mentality of it actually does take a village in most instances is... Yeah is pretty real and on point in, in most things in life, not even just with raising kids, but um, now where the world is at and all that people are expected to take on, especially moms specifically, single yeah. moms come, or even single parents, not even moms come to mind when I think of that, of, you know, you're supposed to have a career and manage a home and raise children and educate yeah. them and feed them and then also care for, you know, the people around you and also participate yeah. in the PTO and also keep your fitness <laughs> in check and also don't let your mental health slip and also 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 yeah. also right so I don't know I just feel like we've created this unrealistic expectation in in our lives and in our in our world and that's where it it comes into play I feel like is you're just supposed to know and do and figure out on your own and yeah. if you can't well, something's wrong with you. Yeah. I saw a quote this weekend that said, nobody works harder than someone who refuses to ask for help. And I was like thinking all those people who are trying to do it all and do the absolute everything, never asking for help. And like, I feel like that's what a community is about though. It's like a real true community. Like Back in the olden days, I think of right. like you go to your neighbor and you're like, do you have an egg? Because I don't have an egg for my cookies. And like mm -hmm. the true sense of like a legit community where like something you're right. lacking, you would go to the neighbor and you're like, hey, can you watch my kid while I go to the dentist appointment? And like, that's how it used to be is like an actual community of like anything you could need. Hey, can you bring my daughter to soccer practice tonight yeah no problem and they bring it or like do you have yeah. brown sugar for the donuts and like that's yeah. how it should really be for sure and sometimes that's there still and it's 
I feel like from my experience, at least more often now, things like that, it's either um, an ex a transaction, right? Like service or payment of some sort, or even yeah. a bartering type of thing, which, okay, you know, I, I can understand that um, to a certain degree, but also there's just, um, again, that notion of, well, why can't they just, why can't they run to the store? Why can't they, yeah. this? why can't they handle it themselves? And, um, yeah, it can get real challenging. See, but that's what I think though. Like it shouldn't be like a business transaction. It should be like, you're just doing something out of the kindness of your heart because you just like to do it. Yeah. Yeah, like I remember just, my dad when I first opened the business was like, "No, don't give the farm away because you just like to do things and never." And I'm like, <laughs> I love giving the farm away though. Like if people yeah. are like, "Hey, Brian, can you help with this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I would love to." Can you take my kid to soccer practice? Yeah, I would love to. Like that doesn't bother me at all. It's like for real people to like give out of the kindness of your heart. Like those are the people I want to be surrounded with. Right. So I feel like if I'm constantly giving out of the kindness of my heart, expecting nothing, no payment, no like equal transaction, like those are the people I'm going to surround myself with then. Mm -hmm. How do you balance that though with, um, because I feel like I've run into this before with other people and also personally of, you know, there is that don't give the farm away type of mindset um, <laughs> because at the end of the day, uh, you do too also have to pay your mortgage and whatever other bills you have. So how do you, how do you find that? I mean, in one sense, I feel like the more you give, like you'll attract that same type of energy, yeah. like give and receive type of thing. But how is that, how has that experience been for you? I <laughs> just keep giving the farm away. <laughs> like, I always feel like, I don't know. I always feel like, like I have an abundance in my life. And like, if I knew that I really couldn't give the farm away, I don't think I would continue to do it. But like, I know that like, it's from my heart that like, I'm doing things because not only is it bringing me joy, but like the person that I'm helping, I know it's bringing them joy. Even if it's like, can you bring my kid to his baseball game tonight? Like it's helping alleviate something for them. And like, if I have nothing to do, that's fine. I'll bring them to baseball. Yeah. I you guess know, that's like, a better, a better question would be, um, how do you continue to give without also abandoning yourself and the needs of yourself? And maybe you answered it by, as long as it's still bringing you joy and happiness yeah. and you know, you're not feeling as though your own needs are not being met because there's that mindset of certainly give and be of service. Um, but also, you, you know, not pouring from an empty cup. Well, and I feel like during the pandemic, I probably poured from the emptiest cup I ever have in my life. Yeah. Like I was involved in a really bad car accident on April 21st of the pandemic and like was in doctors five days a week. I was in physical therapy. I was like concussion therapy. And like, that was when people needed me the most was during the pandemic. And like, I was dealing with so much, like it, it was so bad. <laughs> and like, 
I felt like I just like constantly was pouring from like a completely empty cup because I had laid off all my employees. I was the only one working at the cafe from March until August. And I was going to doctor's appointments five days a week and like had so much memory loss. But then there was people calling me every day, like we don't have food, we don't have our NIPSCO bill is gonna be shut off. And like, I don't know. That was a very, very, very dark time for me. <laughs> yeah, and still you prevailed and progressed and continued because it's where your heart's at. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say that was a big wake up call of like, you cannot pour from an empty cup. I yeah. just felt like so, I don't know what the word is. Like, uh, I don't know. Like I was trying to take care of myself maybe. and I could, yeah, defeated is a great word. I was trying to take care of myself, but like, I couldn't let anyone know that like I was doing so badly. I just like had to keep trucking along and like smiling and yeah, I'll help you. But I was, I would say that was like my biggest like pouring from an empty cup. Cause I was doing that on a daily basis and I didn't finish like concussion therapy till September. So April, May, June, July, August, September. Yeah. It's a lot of months. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it also humanizes you a bit to, um, and I'm not at all, um, I'm not at all happy that that bad experience happened to you it, with the car accident and you having to go through such a struggle, but, um, you know, also even yourself has a hard time asking for help. Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, it's like, as a culture, it's just, you want to help people, but you can't ask for it yourself. <laughs> I know and that's, that what, like, hurt, that's what upset me the most is because like that was a time where I needed the most help and like I, I kept thinking like all I have is memory loss like there's people that don't have food and can't even pay their NIPSCO and like all I have is memory loss and like I remember the concussion doctor saying like Brian, you have to stop working you have to focus on yourself if you want your memory loss to come back. And I remember him saying, give yourself grace. You have to give yourself grace. And yeah. I'm like, but I have to help these people. There's people who aren't going to eat and there's people who aren't going to have their nips go bill and they're going to be in the dark. And like, I don't know, which in hindsight, like I should have focused on my health because like that was really important, but I don't know. I'm just pouring from an empty cup. <laughs> Sometimes it takes something really extreme like that to, to help us remind ourselves that we are in fact not invincible yeah. much as we think we are you know we have to also we can't care for anybody else if we're not caring for ourselves first I think that's a yeah. lifelong lesson it's and that's exactly what my mom said she said you have to like take time off work Brian. you have to focus because what if some of this memory never comes back and it was because you didn't take time off mm -hmm. and like that was well, I guarantee you call. every yeah, I, and I guarantee you, um, every one of your loyalists that frequent the cafe would absolutely have understood that. And that's the thing, yeah. too. It's like we think that we're the only ones that can open our door for somebody yeah. that wants a cup of coffee or a conversation or a scone or whatever it is. And um, they'll be okay if your door yeah. is closed that day. <laughs> they really will be. I mean, it I might know. make you feel a little bit guilty, but they, they will be okay. Um, I've learned that lesson over and over too, but it's a hard one and you have to remind yourself of it often. 
Well, and that's what I realized now because like now it was was it last week for the first time in nine years we closed and it was for two days. And yeah. like I couldn't believe that in nine years I've never closed. Like that's crazy. And it's not something like to be proud of because that's bad. Like to never ever close your doors open seven days a week, like for mm-hmm. nine years. Like mm-hmm. I can't be my best self if I'm like, even though I don't work at the cafe seven days a week, like I told my customers, like, if you have a child, you never stop thinking about your child. Even if your child is at school all day, they're in daycare, like you never, ever stop thinking about it. So for seven days a week, I'm thinking about the cafe and like, is it doing okay? Did the person get the, the extra shot they wanted? Like, you're mm-hmm. always thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And little do people know that you actually do slip in at the end of the shifts and make sure everything's as it should be most every day, even if you haven't worked the shift. (laughs) And that's what's crazy. Like, I have no clue why. Like, I have to go to the cafe every single night when it closes. And then I have to go every single morning before it opens, like, as if something's going to change from like the nighttime when I went. Well, but it's like your child. It's like you said, it's like you, you tuck your baby in at night. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go wake them up in the morning, get ready for the day. So I, I can, I can understand what you're doing and, but it is something that people don't think about. You really are never disconnected. Well, and that's what I told a customer last week. I was like, I know it sounds like crazy. It even sounds crazier when I'm saying it out loud <laughs> that like I go to the cafe every night and then like eight hours later, I come back to check that everything's okay. Like something's like maybe different. I don't know. <laughs> Well, maybe your next, um, you know, self-improvement task should be learning to, I don't know, let go of the little things or something (laughs) or trust, right? Yeah. 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 But I I definitely get it. What about, um, I know that there have been, you know, there's times when our efforts seem to be without any kind of uh, appreciation. And I feel like what comes to mind in that regard is when people have vandalized things that you have worked to do to provide for the community. How do you just emotionally and mentally like bounce back from that and continue to just be the good and look for the good? Well, I think like, because last year our food pantry outside was vandalized twice. Yeah. The glass was completely broken on it. And then the bench that you purchased for us was broken in the street. And so like, I'm hoping that just like reckless teenagers just breaking it because like, if they're intentionally like breaking a food pantry, that's for free. Like, that's really disheartening because like, it just made me sick to my stomach of like, there's people who use the food pantry every single day. And like for you to kick in the glass or break the plastic or do something like that. Like there's people who actually use it and rely on it. And like, it's something for the community and like to see it vandalized was like super, super disheartening. Yeah. The level of disrespect when something like that happens. I mean, it's like the equivalent of spitting in someone's food, right? Yeah. And super unacceptable. And, but the fact that you continue to just keep your spirit where it's at and don't get disheartened to the point of just kind of throwing your hands up because I think that's another problem of uh you know people when it's not just finding the courage to start 
doing something yeah. good, but also continuing to do something good when inevitably not everybody is going to appreciate or respect your good. Yeah. Well, and I had to see like the, like, I just keep thinking it's reckless teenagers and they're just doing it. And so that's my first thing that keeps me positive. But the second thing is like how the community rallies around when something like that happens. Like when my bench was broken and the next day you came to the cafe and you had the new bench for us to put out <laughs> or like when the food pantry was broken and James came the next day with all of his tools and he fixed the food pantry. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that you just, you put that energy out into the world, you radiate that type of uh, vibe. And that's what I meant earlier when I said giving and receiving, it's like, if, if you're providing so will you be provided to yeah. at least that's the idea I like to think is true you know that give and receive type of approach to just living essentially yeah. um where do you see community love going what do you see yourself doing with this in the next year or five years my goal is to get an RV and take community love on the road because I think it would be awesome if I like popped up in a random city across the country and like we would let people know ahead of time and then someone would tell us like, oh, Joe in this city needs a new, like, I don't know, backpack or something. And then we'd show up to this random city and like we'd come out with this backpack or like whatever anyone needed. Because I think like to be able to surprise people like across the country, not just in Northwest Indiana, yeah, would be so awesome because you could like figure out in different towns like what someone needed there. Yeah. And to then expand. you're like, here, we have new shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's that would, that's going to be really cool to see um, you manifest that and and yeah. make that vision and dream a reality because I have no doubt that you will. It's just a matter of when. It'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. super cool. I look forward to seeing that for sure. You can come in my RV. I want to come with. I was just going to say that. Like, I want to come with and do that. You know, one of the things. So much fun. Yes. One of the things that has always really been um, part of my mission and just personal, I don't want to say, what do I want to say? My personal um, way that I want to help people is feeding people for sure. And one of the goals initially of the brick and mortar business was to make food more accessible to people, um, more available, more accessible, and just really to try to make an impact on the food insecure and the hunger epidemic that just seems to be running rampant more and more all the time. Um, Going on the road with like an RV full of food and just like (laughs) feeding people, I mean, that, that would like make my soul sing. So, so, so deeply. Yeah. I'd love to be part of one of those uh, missions with you. One of those um, trips with you in the future. So we'll have to coordinate that. Stay tuned people. Watch for that. (laughs) Come out and help. Yeah. (laughs) Come out and help. Stay tuned. Um, Yeah. But you know, those things are going to be so cool to, to watch you do and uh, tell us where uh, we can find you Tell us how we can get connected with you and what we can do to even contribute. Um, So for Community Love, we have a Facebook group. um, So that's where we post the needs. And then we also have an Instagram. um, So that's where we post like needs or other organizations needs, um, how you can get involved. That has all the volunteer opportunities. Um, Yeah. 
Cool. We need volunteers. Cool. All that is going to be in the show notes, of course, um, for the podcast, ways to connect with you and volunteer and just to, to stay in the bubble of, of what you're putting out. Um, thank you so much for joining the conversation today. It was my honor, uh, my privilege, and you are just such an inspiring person and your energy just omits goodness. And we're just lucky to have you in the community and in the world. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Until next time, loves. I really just don't even know what to say. Every time I re-listen to this conversation, I gain more inspiration. Brienne is an absolute model of brewing kindness and cultivating love. If this episode inspired you, please look at ways in your own life that you can start a ripple effect with something small, doing something good for someone else without expecting anything back. I can't let this episode end without also giving a shout out to Bree's influencers, her parents. She is in part who she is because of the amazing examples and service of her family. Just when you think they aren't listening, our children are absorbing what we do and what we say. Show them, teach them how to be the good. And remember, for all the good you do for others, please make sure that you're filling your cup too. Please support Brienne by following her at Community Love and Cafe Fresco. Look for ways to get involved. Please also share this podcast. Every time you share, review, or rate it, you're helping spread the love, which everybody, everybody needs more of. I'm so thankful for you, and I'll see you soon.